welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. I love church. I'm like a kid in a candy shop in church. I just, I love church. And, you know, often I get to talk to people 33 years in our church. If you are new, I want to ask one thing of you. Love it. Don't just come. Love it. Love church. You know that love is a choice? A lot of people say, I fell in love. You need to fall in love. You're not a victim of love. You choose love. And when you choose to love church, you choose to love what God loves. And I promise you, it will pay back, pressed down, shaken together, running over. So I just, I, I love church. And you know what happens? This is a miracle garden. This is where miracles grow. And, and I don't know if you've ever been a little kid watching like a, a brand new, um, you know, plant maybe you planted carrots or something and you watch it come up it's it's like this it's magical it's like it's a surprise and you know what god has for you and and as a church i just wanted to speak into you know colonial church um i'm not sure that i'm going to use the right words but you know how you often say of person that you're older than your age or you have a you have a um an older more mature What's the word for it? They say sometimes they have an old soul. You have an old soul? This church has an old soul. It's older than its age. It's, it's more mature than its age. And, um, and that makes it very, very comfortable in terms of feeling like home. Not comfortable in feeling like we're going to be the same all the time. Because you never, you're, you're not going to be, this church is going to be very uncomfortable you're going to keep growing and you're going to keep expanding but 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 very coming home and this is this is a a really amazing place to come home to and what happens here is simply miraculous and a lot of people sometimes I think that they need help in how do I put words to what goes on how do I you know I want to tell my neighbor but I maybe I don't want to say you should come to church because church kind of has a you know, connotation sometimes. Um, so we're, we're thinking of other ways to say things. It's, you need to come with me on Sunday morning because you know where I go on Sunday morning? I just leave really, really fired up. Something happens to me. I don't know what it is. I can't explain it, but something happens to me. And you, you will plant seeds of, of curiosity. Um, people want to come because they think they already know what church is, but no, they don't understand what this is. This is amazing. Right? This is my wife, Helen. She is amazing. We've been married for, we're going to be in May, 45 years. We're just getting started. We do love you so much. I could just gush about your pastors forever. We've loved them for a long time. And it feels like a dream to get to be here. Love getting to know their kids more and more. Sometimes you don't know what you're a part of because they're family. They are. But I... And, and I love that because like John says, it's a welcome home, but few people carry a welcome home heart like Jill and Matt, really few. They are, um, they're the real deal. They are loved around the world. When you hear their names around the world, there is a love for your pastors. So never ever take for granted how um, even, I know that they would never, they don't know that I'm saying this, but 
God chose them to come to a place that they love so dearly, and there's deep roots in the soil of this, this area. But it's, like John said, it's beyond what you can ever imagine. We had the privilege of going to see the new building yesterday, and it just was overwhelming to see what God is doing. And that place will just be pulsating, as this place has been. We were here a year ago, and what's happened in one year is astounding. And get ready, get ready, get ready for what God is going to do when you take new ground, as you have already, but... Oh my goodness, I, I, I feel like, I, like the, I see this pulsating, like it's just overwhelming, like you can't contain all that God wants to do. So get ready for that. It's going to be fun. I guess we should preach. You sound like a guy on, on TV. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Okay, the guy on TV, I don't know who that is. Is it like, come on down, you win a prize, you, you get a prize, you oh, get a, a prize, you get a prize. Anyway, um, so we're going to talk about relationships. Is that okay? Okay, um, this is going to be like church's family and um, the word of God is, is food and this is comfort meal today. We're going we're gonna to talk about something that's going to make you feel better, going to make you stronger. I think it's going to challenge some of us, you know, and... And I believe it's going to make a difference. And, I, you know, if you were to look down the road 10 years, I know there will be some people that can trace back to, I made a choice and a decision this day that changed their forever. So Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 to 12 says, Two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone, hmm, real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. Amen. He wrote a song about that. Ooh la la. No, it's oh la la. Um, I'm not going to laugh because if I do, every single time you read the scripture until I die, you will tell that story. (laughs) Carry on. But how can one be warm alone? I don't know. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. It really talks about the power of relationships, and all of us just need to figure out that the best way to do life is together. Not the easiest, but the best. Most productive, and for everyone in here, you know, there's, there's going to be seasons where it's tough and you just maybe don't want to keep going or, or it's hard. Um, that's normal, okay? We do a television show called Sex, Love, and Relationships Now. We've been do- doing this for decades and, and uh, answer questions. And some of the best answers that we get to tell people is, you know, they explain they're going through this, 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 this. What do we do? And, and the answer is, you're normal, that happens all the time, okay? It's not supposed to be easy and comfortable. It's supposed to be productive. Life's productive. And what happens around you is always about what's happening in you. Always. Not just about out there. It's about in here. So relationships are the key to life. And we put together some thoughts that, that we're going to hopefully get through all of them in this mm-hmm. service, right? So I know some of you maybe haven't heard John and I teach before because we have been here one time before, but 
just for those of you that are hearing us for the first time, our story is a miracle story. It's a story of making where we made a decision. Actually, 40 years ago, I was pregnant with our third daughter, and we had a very broken marriage. And if you had asked me, would there ever be a time in your life where you would backslide and not really have an on-fire relationship with Jesus, I would have said, no, that could never happen to me. And yet, that's where I was 40 years ago. Um, our marriage was hurting our, our, uh, I was pregnant with our third daughter. John had just graduated as a dentist and, and was ready to start a, a career. And everything on the outside looked like the perfect marriage, the perfect family. Everything looked great. But the truth was the inside was broken and crumbling. And at the very end of myself, John was already living in another city up in northern British Columbia. We're from Vancouver. He had moved up there, started a brand new dental practice. And I stayed behind home with a broken heart, broken dreams, pregnant, like I said, with my third daughter, a little girl three and a little girl two, and wondering, what have I done with my life? And in that moment, I made a decision that I was going to go for God. I didn't know if John would take one step forward with me, but I made a choice in that one moment. I have to go with God. I cannot live like this anymore. God, I've had life with you and without you, and I can't do another day without you. And in that moment, God met me in the most glorious way. And what he began to do was not See, if you had asked me what's wrong with your marriage, I actually believed, I was mistaken, but I believed my, my whole problem was John. And I think often we do that. We think my marriage is broken or my relationships are broken because of the other person. And sometimes, obviously, there's challenges with that. But what God did for me gave me one of the greatest gifts ever as I got on my knees before him and I said, God, help me. I opened my Bible again. I began to read the scripture. And I began to discover in the scripture what God says about marriage, what God says about me, what God says about my husband and my family. And I stopped looking at my problem and I started looking at the word of God. And the more I leaned into the word of God, more hope came. And obviously God did a beautiful work in our marriage. It wasn't an overnight one prayer and we just love each other forever. Amen. We continue to be a work in progress, but I'm not afraid of the work because it's so worth it. Because often we just look at what we don't have and we feel like it can never change. And so if I would put a just one thought over everything we share today. And I realized that that's what happened in my heart that day, 40 years ago now, was love is a heart that moves. And so I had to make a decision to not stay stuck, stuck in my brokenness, stuck in my hurt, stuck in my anger, stuck in my unforgiveness, stuck feeling like a victim. I had to get up and make a decision that God, I'm going to do this with you. And in that moment, God met me. He was always there, but I let him begin to speak to me. And what happened, rather than me looking at all of the problems that I thought were John, because I thought it was all his fault that my marriage was broken. I wasn't taking any blame anymore. I thought, I've done everything. It's it, God, I can't fix him. And, and he didn't want to be fixed, by the way. He just wanted to be loved. And so bottom line is, if you make a decision, I'm going to move my heart towards God and listen to what God says about this person, not what I think about this person, but what God thinks about this person, everything's about to change. Relationships are actually not that hard. We make them so complicated, and I mean, the truth is, it's work, because if great relationships were easy, everyone would have them. But we know in this world, it's the most broken part of our society is relationship, because we have an enemy, but I love when you wake up and go, okay, devil, you've played havoc with my relationship long enough, no more. You are not the Lord of my relationships, Jesus is, and we begin building God's way. Change is 
imminent, yeah. it's predictable, change will happen. And so with the, the first point that I would want to put over just what we're teaching today, every healthy, flourishing relationship starts with a healthy you. I had to do my work. I could not fix John. He did not want to be fixed, but I could work with me. And as I began, that's why the power of taking a look internally, and I, I've, I have the scripture. God gave this to me 40 years ago. It was like a gift from heaven. And it's beautiful in the Passion Translation, which wasn't written by them, but I love this. It says here, it's David the psalmist who's writing. He had just been confronted with his sin, and uh, he's in a, in a state of crying out to God. And he wants to be restored to the joy of his salvation. But here in Psalm 51, verse 6, it says, I know that you delight to set truth deep in my spirit. So come into the hidden places of my heart and teach me wisdom. That was a prayer I prayed 40 years ago. Help me, Jesus. Show me wisdom. There is stuff in my heart I don't even know about. Why am I like this, God? I never thought I could be this angry. I didn't know I could be this unforgiving. I I didn't know I could feel so broken. What is going on? And God said, I'll teach you. And as I began to lean into God, he showed me where I needed to let go of unforgiveness, where I had to take take the anger and the judgment out of my spirit. And as I began to weed the garden of my heart, God began to do a miracle in our relationship. Healthy relationships don't, don't become healthy when the other person changes. They become healthy when you take a step towards God because God, is, God has put inside of us that longing. So love is a heart that moves. It moves as I move towards God, he moved me towards John. But John wasn't the only one impacted by that decision. My family was impacted. My future children, our church, that we had a church in us. Who knew that? that John would be a dentist for 10 years, and then God told him to hang up his drills, and we planted a church 33 years ago. But that was all on the other side of one decision. God, help me to know truth in my inner man. So I want to encourage you today, don't stay stuck. Invite God into that place of your heart. Help me to know wisdom. Okay, I talked way too much. So if you're not moving, you're stuck. And you can get unstuck with a step. It always is a step. And a lot of people think it's too far, it's too much, I can't do it. It's, you know, there's mountains I need to change. Yeah, but it only takes a step to get moving. Yeah. And once you're moving, that's the miracle. Really, there's a miracle in a step. And, you know, if you look back at, 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 at our life, at our relationship, it all started back then. And one of the things that Helen has said for years, and I believe every one of us need to understand this, okay? There is a next step. Okay? But on the other side of it, there's a multitude. It's not about you. It's about a multitude. There's a multitude on the other side of your next step. Yeah. Don't stay stuck. In relationships, you can grow. You can change. And it never starts with them. It always starts with this. And recognize if things are tough out there, it's because God's working in here. It's not about out there. You're ne- we're, we're never... God has never created a victim. None of us are born victims. And what happens out there, God wants to use it in here. And when you begin to, to internalize and change and grow in here, it really doesn't matter about out there anymore. Victory takes over in your life, and it's, it's so amazing. So number one is it starts with a healthy you. But number two is it's built by design, okay? Not default, 
design. And it's called vision. Vision is so important in our life. We're all working on our vision. All of us have a vision. And a vision, I I like to look at like, like this. Vision is about the future, right? Vision is how much future you have in you today. So how rich is your life? Jesus said, I came, I came to give you life and that more abundantly, which means more than you can handle today. He came to give us a vision, give us a purpose. And vision is what powers our life. It's what gets you up in the morning. There's too many people that are just existing. They're just living day by day by day in reaction, in response to all the things out there. Don't let out there dictate your life. Make sure that you, you make the choice inside. People often say things like, I fall in love. You don't fall in love. You, cho- you choose to love. And when we make the right choices, we build the right vision. You say, where does that vision come from? Jesus said, make the tree and the fruit will be good. You make it. You don't get it by default. You don't just because I was born in this part of the world or whatever. We're, we, we make the vision. It's our choice. And I think you need to recognize it comes from the word of God. Yeah, but you can't get it all by yourself. Why? Because God never created us alone. He said it's not good to be alone. You can't even be human alone. Okay? He created us together. And where you get it from is the people you hang around. And that's why we come to church. You know, we come to church and we, we hang around people that make a difference in our life. And it's not just Sunday morning. You know, Hillsong Church is one of, one of the healthiest churches on the planet. People often wonder, why is Hillsong Church so so successful is it because of their music well yeah music's a big part of it is it because of uh you know their leadership leadership's a big part of it you know if you were to break it down it's about their hangout they hang out they do life together they actually like being together and really it comes down to just choose to love church love hanging out love being together and you're building vision for the future even this is kind of audacious to say, but even having us up here, a little older than some of you, <laughs> um, you're going to walk away with something you don't even know you got. And it's a little bit, it's called vision. Something happens in your life. That is a little audacious, but, <laughs> but you know when it comes to um, built by design, I think one of the most important questions you can ask yourself is what do I want when it comes to relationships? A lot of people know they're not happy. They know they don't like what they have. But if you were to ask them what they want, they don't know what it is. And I I see that so often. I had to do that for myself. What is it you're dreaming of, Helen? Um, Because I think that's why great relationships are built by design. They dream together that they have a dream of the future, not by default. Many of us, what ends up happening, especially if there's brokenness in our life, perhaps you're, you grew up in a broken home or perhaps you've gone through divorce or whatever, not just divorce, but just disappointment in relationships and you're used to people abandoning you or, or disappointing you. What ends up happening is rather than dream big, 
beautiful God dreams, we lower the bar and we expect less than what God has for us. And so we don't really dare to believe for the most amazing marriage or the most incredible friendships because we settle for what we have or what we've seen. And until you know what you want, you're always going to be living at a level way below what you what what God has for you. It, even this thought, a lot of people here may be looking for a spouse and believing one day to get married. And, and so they have their little list of what they maybe want. Well, you know, that it's good to dream and to have that. But the truth is, you're not going to attract what you want. You're going to attract who you are. So it's going to start with knowing who you are on the inside. And vision will draw you towards that. But it takes great courage to get from where you are to dream of something different. And so this little thought kind of captivated me a while ago is that behind every single complaint... There's a longing. If you find yourself complaining, um, or, you know, I'm just going to put this out here because I hear this because I meet a lot of women. Where are all the good men? <laughs> I said that in a very whiny voice. Because they often think, there's no good men left in the world. Yes, there are. But if that's what you believe, that's all you see. The world is filled with stunning men. This room is filled with amazing men. But if you believe that all the good men are gone, That's your perception. So why would you dream? And so I challenge whatever it is in the inside of you that 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 limits what God can do. If you want to live a big, open, spacious life, dream wild dreams, God dreams, because he'll do above and beyond your dreams. But here's the thing, friends. What do you want? Use your words (laughs) and, and begin to articulate what it is. Really, um, over the years, you know, we've had a number of people that um, help us. We lost that loving feeling. We don't love each other anymore. And, and, and my, my answer is a question. And the question is, do you want this to work? And if the answer is yes, no problem. Well, they all say yes. They go, yeah, yeah, of course. That's why I'm talking to you. And I'm like, but, the, but I don't want to do anything about it. I'm like, well... Good luck. You're getting divorced. Because it's not going to happen without you if you want it. It's like Jesus said to the, the man at the pool of Bethesda, do you want to be made whole? Which seems like the most ridiculous question. But the truth is a lot of people would just rather sit there and complain about their life than actually get up and do something different to carve out a brand new life. Ouch, hallelujah. But, but, but we look at that and we just think we're a victim. No one's a victim in this room. We have God on our side. Every one of us is victorious. You just got to get up and go. Amen. But the reason I brought that up is to say that one of the things I would tell them to do is go and have a date and dream. Go back to dreaming. You stop dreaming. When you stop dreaming, you're stuck. When you stop dreaming, you don't have any fuel for the future because the future comes out of you. It doesn't come to you. It comes out of you. And it comes out of the vision in your heart. And when we get together and we have vision, it causes us to not be satisfied. It actually creates frustration. And visionaries cause everybody around them to be frustrated with what is because they can see what can be. And it's not comfortable, but it's so productive and it's so exciting and so exhilarating. And God wants us to have that. Jesus said, I came to give you that kind of life. It's bigger than today. You can't wait for tomorrow. And you need to dream. You know, people fall in love with each other's dreams. 
Okay? If you fall out of love, it's, if there's a possibility to, you know, to do that, you stop dreaming. Yeah. So start dreaming again. And as a church, too, keep dreaming. And it's yeah. the one thing I can, t- I can tell you about your dreams. They're too small. They're so too small. Ours. So are ours. All That's of just, us. Because God's always we, dreaming we bigger. We need to, God help us to dream bigger. Ephesians 3.20. Beyond what you can imagine or think. Yeah. You know, and even the building, it was so amazing. Walked through the building yesterday, but that's not the end of the dream. That's just a vehicle. Keep dreaming. You got to dream way beyond the building. And, you know, every time you see someone that's, that's, that's hurting and, and lost or, you know, just let your heart go to them and dream because that fuels the future. Number three is if you want to build great relationships, you have to work hard to stay connected. Work hard to stay connected because it's really easy to get disconnected. All you got to do is pull into your corner all by yourself, you know, little old me, and the, and the two of you can be disconnected. And I don't, over 45 years of marriage, I can't count how many times, you know, we've sat and Helen usually is the one that's going to instigate this and say, we need to talk. And it's, oh, no. And, I, you know, I know there's a problem. And um, so, you know, we start to talk, and her first questions will be, where are you? And it's like, hello, I'm right here. Are you blind? You know, sometimes I'm so, anyway, you don't want to say that. <laughs> Doesn't work. Um, but, but, but what's going on? Where are you? And it's not about where are you physically, it's what's going on inside of you. Yeah. Because relationship is about what's going on inside. Recognize again that everyone has their own world. Everyone has their own world. And you don't know. Don't think you ever know. And if you knew yesterday, it's different today. It's a present tense connecting and getting into their world. And what a relationship is about is when someone's in your world, when you're in their world and you can do life together. And that's why it's so much stronger. If I go back to that story of dating my daughter, you know, when I took Angela on a date 35 years ago and she was eight years old and, and you know, having this amazing, you know, dinner together. And then I thought, how do you talk to an eight-year-old? I had no idea. And I, and I began to, to just explore and I found out everyone's got their own world. And hers is an eight-year-old world. It's just as important as my world. Yeah. And, and, and we need to want to know what's going on in their world. That's the essence of relationship. I want to know. And I keep thinking, and I'm getting a little bit off track here, but, you know, we would solve so many of the world's problems if we would just recognize that. You know, when it comes to racial differences, I don't know. I know I'm ignorant. Because I don't know. But I don't want to be stupid. There's a difference. Stupid is I don't want to know or I think I know. Okay, if, if I'm, I know that I don't know, but I want to know, I can build relationships across every bridge, across, across every different culture, across gender, across race, doesn't matter what it is. And I think that's the key. People just want to be seen. They want to be known. That's what relationships are all about. So I don't know where I got off on that. That was great. Very good. But it, it, think of it just, it's so simple to think of connection like getting on Wi-Fi. It's like when you walk into a room and you want to download information to get on Wi-Fi, because until you're logged in, you can't get a download. And I was just thinking about it. Every person has their own code. 
I had to learn. So often I'd say, where are you? And he would just think, that is such a stupid question. I don't like thinking about how I feel or what's going on in here because actually... Yeah, she'd always ask me, how do you feel? What? Who asked themselves how they're feeling? A lot of people. Just not... <laughs> but, but you know what? John is not like every person. And so I had to learn the code to his to get a download from him. And it, it's taken years to develop that. Now we're good at it. I used to just think he should know how to express. But if, if, drawing out information out of him is different than getting it out of one of my girlfriends. Who is? It's a very different code, if you will. And I have three daughters born in three and a half years. But they each have a unique way of getting a download from. And I want to encourage you. Treasure every relationship, whether it's your spouse or your children or people you work with. Treasure it. The ones that God has called you to walk with, you're going to have to learn how to get a download. And it's not going to look the same. I am not going to sit and have a 14-hour conversation with John. I have people in my world. That's not hard to do. He wants the 14-second one. That's his favorite, which because he's more of a, let's just go. Let's get it done. Just figure it out on the way. And I'm like, maybe we could sit and talk about that. But bottom line is... Is we have figured out how to make it work. I don't frustrate him as much as I used to, and he doesn't frustrate me as much as, as he used to. We've worked it out. So I want to encourage you, learn how to get a download on how to connect with the people in your life. And you know how easy it is to get kicked off of Wi-Fi. You have to refresh it. So don't just assume it's going to be there next time you, you, Yesterday's you show Yesterday's download's not good enough for no. today. Right. Wow. So much of what she just said was so true that you have no idea. <laughs> it's way truer than you know. Um, you okay, though? You still like me? <laughs> yes. It's, easy. it's so interesting because we are so different. Not only are we different because we're male and female, but how we do relationships is unique. But I have committed my life and my love to him for the rest of my life. So it is not an option to take that lightly. I am invested. And whatever it takes is what it's going to take because we want to go till death do us part and do it having fun. All right, number four. The fourth key is they embrace change. Okay? Relationships are moving. They're dynamic. And people that get stuck, they think, I just want to be comfortable. just want to find the perfect person and, and have the perfect house and the perfect this and the perfect that. You're not going to be happy. Because the only thing that's going to cause you to be happy is you're actually doing what God's created you to do, which is dynamic. You're always moving. Philippians 3, I love this, verse 12 and 13 says, not that I've already attained or am already perfected, Paul says, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one, everybody say one. Okay, this is so important. One thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and, hold it, hold it, I thought you just said one. When you put an and in there, you're, you're, you're going from one to another. And reaching forward to those things which are ahead. So the one thing is, is actually two, but it's one. In other words, letting go and pressing on are one thing. You can't let go of yesterday without pressing on to tomorrow. And you can't press on to tomorrow without letting go of yesterday. Relationships are moving targets. 
You have to embrace change. And it's never comfortable, but it's always productive. One of the things that you'll hear Helen say over and over again, if you, know, you hang out with her, is you don't have enough friends. Some people think, I've got enough friends. No, you don't. You don't have enough friends. You always have, have an open attitude towards the people God is bringing into your world. And sometimes there's people that are, are getting less of your world, and we, we just oh, hold on to that, and, and you have to actually keep moving. Yeah. I think a small heart is one that wants to just contain and control everything you have now. Because we get to some seasons think, I love this relationship the way it is. I love my family like this. I love my marriage like this. I love my friends like this. And if somebody else comes into it, then it's going to um, shake it all up a bit. Good. We all need to be shaken because the kingdom of God is always growing. And I think a big hearted person, a growing person always invites more people into the relationship. When the relationship, you know, as the church grows bigger and bigger, which just has already, it's uncomfortable because suddenly you didn't have as much of that person perhaps that you had before. But what's happening is more people are coming into the kingdom of God. More lives are being changed. More impact is happening. And it's often uncomfortable. And we like that cozy, warm home. This is my home. I like that, but home is better with more people. And, and, uh, and anyhow, I think that that's a sign of a healthy heart where there's always making room for more. Um, because when we become possessive and controlling, your relationship is actually shrinking, not growing. Um, and we always want to grow. The next, oh, can I just read this? In, in, um, in, uh, Oh, what was the scripture? Philippians, I wrote the wrong scripture, but it's in Philippians. I love how it says it in the passage Um, the Passion Translation, it says, I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. Isn't that beautiful? I'm fastening my heart to the future. So I'm not holding on. I'm letting go of the past as I reach to the future. But I love how it says that I'm fastening my heart to the future. Yeah, just get rid of the good old days mentality where we're hanging on Because there's better days to come. You know, they were good, but there's better. The best is yet to come. Number five is every healthy, flourishing relationship will be open, have truth, vulnerability. I put down they're vulnerable and authentic. Um, it's not the Facebook version or the Instagram version. It's the one that's actually real. It's not filtered. There's two ways to tell a story and to tell your truth. One is in the likeness of a producer, a producer that takes edit, does all the editing so that, you know, the flaws are gone, the mistakes are gone, and it looks like the perfect version of you, but it's not really authentic. Or the other way is to show it in the likeness of a curator who is a keeper and a teller of truth. And I believe we are to tell our stories with authenticity. None of us have a perfect story. God doesn't have a perfect story. He is a perfect God, but his kids have behaved badly. And I love that us included. Like, I love that God, you know, let me just give my highlight favorite. When you read the Great Hall of Faith, and in it is, you know, all of the great patriarchs and matriarchs. But one of my favorite is Rahab, comma, the prostitute. 
right in there in the hall of faith. God could have left out the prostitute part and done the edit, but I love that he left Rahab the prostitute, that in this story is authenticity and is truth. And if you want to have real relationships, growing relationships, it's going to require we take the filters off and and let ourselves be seen. Not that we have to tell everybody our truth, but there has to be somebody who sees your truth because you will never grow to the person God's called you to be if all your filters are up and you don't want people to know the real you. you they'll never, that's not the best version of relationship. True, authentic relationships, growing relationships are ones where we don't feel like we have to hide who we really are. We can come with, with all of our imperfections and know that God loves us and he will bring into our world people who will love us well as well. And I love that about this house and about this church is that, that there is a sense of authenticity. And so I want to encourage you that sometimes you begin to believe if people knew this about me, they wouldn't love me, and that's a lie. I'm just going to call it for what it is. It's a lie. People will know that about you, and they will love you, and they will walk with you and call you to a stronger place in life. But if you want authenticity, you've got to get real. Somebody has to see you for who you are. God loves you. That's a given, but people will love you too. Yeah, I love grace. Don't you love grace? It's because of God's grace that we can every day just receive his love. Because if it was based on our performance, I don't know about you, but I mess it up. I'm a failure in so many ways, but it's grace. Well, that's what we have in relationships. It's the freedom to be real. It's the freedom to, fa- to fail, to fall, yeah. to get back up again. It's so important. And I love grace. And you know what you guys are experiencing even with your building it's just God's grace, isn't it? It's just God's grace. And if you take the word grace, it's the Greek word grace is the word charis, C-H-A-R-I-S. Okay? C-H-A-R, the word car, is the word for joy. Joy is our strength. I-S is what you tag on for surprise. So my, my favorite definition of grace is God's surprise, gift of joy. And he, he's a good dad. He just wants to surprise you. I'm telling you, around the next corner, there's a surprise waiting. And surprises are not something you earned. It's something you didn't earn, but he just got it there for you. I believe there's, there's great things ahead. The last key, though. I'll just quickly say this. It's just you're committed to go the distance. Every amazing relationship, the best relationships, will have had ample opportunity to quit. You have an enemy, I've shared that already, a real enemy, and he's against you. But this is what I know for sure, if God is for you, who cares who's against you? The enemy is defeated. And so there has to be, I think, to really experience the glory of what relationships build. It starts with God, but the Bible teaches us this, by this will all men know you're my disciples, by the way you love one another. So it's going to take commitment, to quote John Burns, love that doesn't cost you is just a feeling. Jesus didn't have a feeling. He went to the cross. And so with that same love that Jesus exemplified to us, we're not going to go to a cross, but there is times that we have to pick up and carry that burden of a challenge in a relationship. But we've made a decision. We're going the whole distance. We're committed. Yeah, it's going to get tough sometimes. There's going to be hard places. 
you know, there's going to be a time that you're going to feel like, do I really want to stay in that church? I know God called me here, but it's hard right now. You've got to decide you're in because there's an enemy trying to pull you out. There's trying to, there's an enemy that's trying to pull you out of relationship with your spouse. There's a real, there's God ordained relationships in this room perhaps to build a business or to build something for the future. They're here in this room. Perhaps people in this room you haven't met yet, but you'll marry one day. Wow. But you know what? The enemy's going to do everything to thwart the future that God has planned for you. So this is what it's going to take. Commitment. And commitment is costly. You never see commitment when it's easy. That's not commitment. It's easy when everything's going well. Commitment is really only seen when it gets hard. And I, I think about my parents. I think about John's parents. And I think about what we've done for our children. They have seen us journey through some of the toughest battles. But we haven't left. We're at our post. And that's what kingdom looks like. It looks that way in relationships. It looks that way in giving everything that you've got is laying down yours um, for something greater, which is kingdom. And so go the distance. You'll never know. I could never have imagined. Ugh, I could cry just thinking about it. 40 years ago when I said, God, I can't do this anymore without you. And I invited God into that. I could never have fathomed what God was about to do. It was, yes, way beyond my wildest dreams and expectations and continues to be. I live in the land of awe and wonder. Why? Because I let go of my little to open up my heart to God's big and that came out of commitment. It didn't come because it was easy. It was costly, but the cost was worth it. So I want to encourage you. Some of you are in a hard place right now, and you're making decisions, and you're making choices. Am I in or out? And I want to challenge you. Don't do what's easy. Do what's right. I want to challenge you to let go of offense and let go of hurt and let go of unforgiveness and hold on to Jesus and let him walk you through this. Does it mean everything's perfect? No, because it takes two people to build a great relationship. One person can choose not to do it, but the Bible tells us as far as it depends on you, you live at peace with everyone. You can't take responsibility for their peace, but you take responsibility for yours and you watch and wonder what God will do as you let him go to work. It'll astound you. Let's pray. Ah, Just in this moment, heads bowed. I believe there's some people in here right now that God is speaking to, to not give up. I really feel like Johnny said it earlier. You're at the end and God is saying, don't give up. And right now, I'm just going to ask you to boldly stand. We're not going to be looking around, but... I want to ask you to stand. Some of you are in a I'm not going to give up moment and you're making that decision today. And if that's you, will you just stand? I think there's a miracle in your stand today. Just a miracle. Stand up and say, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. And if that's you, come on, there's miracles here. I sense it. I just sense breakthrough for you. Anyone else before I pray? Some of you have given up on relationship, period. And it just you know, decide you're going to live alone because it doesn't hurt as much. And that's just not God's best for you. And if that's you, just just let go of that hurt and, and trust God, believe God for a miracle. Just stand up and let us pray. Mm-hmm. So in this room, God, you're here. Your presence is here. Beautiful Holy Spirit, you're here. You're a standby, our comforter, our advocate. You're our, our healer, restorer, our prince of peace. And so right in this moment, I ask, 
for just miracles to happen. Hearts right now. I see in just in my in my heart I I see like a lock coming off of some hearts today, ones that you have shut them close and you've put a, a big padlock on it, and God is just coming just so gently and unlocking that. And just opening up that heart again. And it's like I just see sunlight streaming into it again with hope and a dream. So, Father, I speak healing and hope and future to every heart. I pray for supernatural relationships being birthed. I come against every lie of the enemy who has deceived and tricked people into believing otherwise. God, I thank you that healing is in the house today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You, you may be seated. Can I just invite you all to keep your heads bowed, eyes closed? And just a moment of reflection, moment of privacy, you and God. Listen, what's he saying to you today? What's your takeaway? What can be different in your life? I'd love to pray a simple prayer. If, if when you walked in this place, you'd be honest with God, honest with yourself, that your relationship with him was not what it needs to be, not what you want it to be, not what he wants it to be, don't leave that way. It's a choice. I want to pray a simple prayer. I'm not going to embarrass anyone. I'll pray for you right where you sit. But if you say, that's me, I don't want to leave the way I came. Could I pray a prayer on your behalf? Maybe you've never asked Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Or maybe you haven't, you've kind of walked away or you just find yourself at a distance from God, not living the way you want to live. Jesus, Lord of all in my life. Don't leave like that. Could I pray a prayer on your behalf? If so, all across the room. If that's you, just slip your hand up. Include me in that prayer. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? me in that prayer. I don't want to leave the way I came. I want, I want to leave right with God. Is there anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. One more time. Anyone else? Somebody's just let your hand go. It'll fall up. Try it. It's amazing. All right. All right. You put your hands down. I'm going to invite everyone in the room. Pray this simple prayer. I'll give you the words. Let's talk to God together. If you slipped your hand up, Just pray this with all your heart. He's listening. Everyone say, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross. Paying for my sins. Because you love me. Just the way I am. And I invite you. Be the Lord of my life. Take ownership. I give my life to you. From this day on. I want to serve you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Bless you. We hope you got something out of that message. We would really love to connect with you. Why not join us at church on Sundays or connect with us at colonialchurch.life. We would also love it if you could hit the subscribe button, maybe leave a comment for us or a review to really help us move the ministry of Colonial forward. In Jesus' name, God bless you.